Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. All right, hello, Radiant. How are you this morning? You feeling good? You alive? Man, I'm loving uh, Kansas City. It's so fun to live here. I love the fall. We didn't have that in Colorado. Uh, Just kind of went summer straight to winter, and so this is fun. It's starting to cool down a little bit. I think um, my favorite place in Kansas City now is Price Chopper. Um, It's kind of where I hang out. You can do uh, coffee there all day long. Love it. Uh, But love Kansas City. It's great. Great to be here. Thanks so much for joining us this morning um, and coming to church. God's doing great things. I'm glad Dan uh, just introduced you uh, for just a moment to Intensive. Uh, We're excited to have them with us this year and excited about what God's doing there. Also want to tell you today... Uh, we'll start what we call next steps. So today will be our first one. And here's what that looks like. Every week uh, after the second service, after this service, we'll do a one o'clock class, essentially. And so we just call it next steps because in your journey as a Christ follower, it's one, it's one step moving further. So our first one today will be about if you've decided to follow Jesus, uh, it'll be a class about what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus. And that'll be the first Sunday of the month. And then next week, um, we'll take a few moments to tell you a little bit about Radiant Church. And so maybe you want to take the next step and plug in and know a little bit about our church. And then the following week will be a third step. That'll be the third Sunday of the month. And we'll do this every month. Um, And that'll be a class specifically helping you discover your spiritual gifts uh, so that you know what God's called you to do with your life and the way that God has wired you. Then the fourth Sunday of the month, at one o'clock every single week um, will be our last one, which will be uh, helping you figure out what God's called you to do in terms of ministry and plugging you in. That might look like leading a small group or that might look like serving in some capacity, uh, but we want you to be fully alive and doing the thing that, that causes you to come alive. And so we'll do that every single week and um, there'll be lunch uh, provided. And so um, I had one lady at the last service say she's going to come for the free food. And so that's great. Um, whatever it takes. And so um, if you want a sandwich, stick around. We'll talk about being a disciple. So anyway, um, <laughs> so we have uh, that available today. Today's our first one. We've also had just a great time um, just getting started. This last week, we had our second week of young people, teenagers coming over to run out of my house. And so it's a small group. And Paul and Gabby Barker, who were sitting right there a second ago, um, are, are leading that and doing a fantastic job. Hey, can you guys give a big hand to the worship band? Didn't they do a great job? Those guys are awesome. I don't know where you guys are, but you guys are doing so well. Love it so much. Um, and then uh, we also have been having our prayer meeting. So every Wednesday night, we're gathering together to pray. And that's going really well. It's a lot of fun. And so uh, we meet at Tomahawk Ridge Community Center. And so the first week, we thought we'd celebrate the launch by having coffee and cheesecake. But we liked coffee and cheesecake so much, we've just added that to a part of our prayer meeting. So every week, there's a little bit of decaf, a little bit of cheesecake, and a lot of Jesus. So um, we pray every Wednesday night uh, at Tomahawk Ridge, and that's going really well. So I just want to make you aware of that. And many of you guys have asked me about small groups. Um, We are going to start small groups in January. And so kind of the prayer meeting is functioning just like a midweek connect. If you want to develop more friendships and relationships, uh, that's a great place for you to do that. And then in January, we'll start our whole small group process, uh, which is going to be very exciting and very passionate about. And we'll talk more about that later. Uh, But that's kind of just a little snapshot of some of the things that are going on. Uh, Super, super fun. God's doing great stuff. 
And uh, we're, we're having the time of our lives. I hope you're loving this. Thank you for being back. Some of you, this is your first time. And if it is, uh, we have available for you a connection card. And if you would just fill that out, it looks like this. This is our way of just getting to know you. What we'll do is we'll send you an email. Um, and that'll be our way just to uh, meet you, connect with you. And you can write on there if any, anything that you want to write. You can put on there uh, if you want to connect with a pastor, if you have a prayer request. Anything you want, but it's our way of just meeting you. And so if you'd love to like to take a step closer, uh, filling out the connect card and then slipping it into the offering bucket at the end would be awesome. Um, so it's kind of fun. We have uh, a church plant, but uh, we kind of did this order of, I don't know why, but we ordered about 250 offering buckets. <laughs> so uh, we got plenty of offering buckets. But anyway, um, it's so funny. Half of our trailers are filled with offering buckets. Um, don't take that the wrong way. Anyway. Um, I just discovered that this morning. Why do we have so many? But anyway, if you could slip that in the bucket, that'd be great. And, um, and we'll do that. Okay, we are in a series called Made for This. And uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to dive in this morning. Jesus, we love you. God, we love being your disciples. We love following you. You're worth following. You're perfect and you're good. And it is our joy and our delight to be your sons and your daughters. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would help us uh, understand your word today. God, we pray that you would strengthen our inner man. God, we pray that you would help us to know what we're called to do, how you've made us and how you've wired us so that we can fulfill the call of God on each one of our lives. God, I thank you that every young man and every young woman, every man and every woman in this room, Lord Jesus, has a destiny and a calling and a gift mix that you have given them. And God, we ask together that you would help us unpack that so that we can be all that you've called us to be. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Matthew chapter 16, one of the most famous verses. It's probably many of our favorites. But listen to the way that Jesus talks here. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's the big idea. Whoever loses their life for Jesus, for me, he says, will actually discover or find life. And so everybody around you might tell you the way to pursue, put your hands on your own ideas on how to find life. But Jesus says, actually by giving up your life and following him, you actually start to discover life. I was in India leading a trip and took a bunch of young people working with a local church there in New Delhi. And I began to be impressed with the senior pastor and we kind of became friends while I was there. And so we were taking a walk around New Delhi and now I was just asking him questions and he was very articulate and uh, very intelligent. And so I was just enjoying conversing with him and hearing about his theology and his ideas. And he had strategy on how to reach New Delhi, and they were starting churches all over in homes, and we would go to these little churches, and we'd have to eat whatever they put in front of us, and it was hard, and, and, but I loved this guy, and I began to talk to him and, and just asked him about his salvation experience, how he met Jesus. He said, well, I actually went to the States to study. My dream was actually to be a doctor, and I went to America to be a doctor, and he said, while I was in America, I was studying at Colorado State University, he said, I met Jesus, and and, and I, Jesus called me to go back to New Delhi and, and plant a church. And I was shocked because, you know, obviously I'm thinking, I'm looking at where I'm at and what he has. And 
I remember saying, you know, that's pretty impressive. I mean, he's working on his doctorate at Colorado State. And I said, it's pretty, pretty amazing that you'd come back here. And I'll never forget what he said where he just said, David, he said, this was what God called me to do. And I find more joy in being, this was his phrase, a poor pastor in India than a wealthy doctor in America. And, and inherent in that statement was this idea. I gave up my life for Jesus, and in the process, I found life. And so you and I, we live in a culture where a lot of times there's a whole lot of praise for for ministry on the stage or kind of the traditional church idea of going into professional ministry. And this morning, I want to talk about you discovering your purpose and being a light in whatever realm and whatever area God's called you to. In other words, God's put and wired and created you in such a way for you to make a difference by discovering your purpose, how you're wired, your personality traits, your gift mix. And we as a church want to be an impact, have impact all over the city, not just in traditional ministry positions, but whatever God's called you to do. And so I have a confession, and that is I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of a, a fan of, of Tim Tebow. It's a little embarrassing um, I'm not quite a stalker, um, but, but I really like Tim Tebow. And, and so the truth is, is, is I, did, I did meet him just this summer in July. And so I have a picture of me with Tim Tebow. And so I know that it's a little awkward to show this to you, but uh, I'm the guy on the left. I know we look similar, um, but that's me and, and, and Tim Tebow. And here's one of the things I, I like about Tim Tebow. I, I, I love the fact that here's a guy who is so outspoken about his faith it's quite probable that he thought about going into traditional ministry. His dad's a missionary and grew up as a missionary dash pastor's son. And yet when you look at his life and the impact that he has made, the primary means by which he has impacted a generation of young men has been not through a traditional seminary church process, but by figuring out how God gifted him and called him and then pursuing Football, now baseball. He hit a home run this week, his first at-bat with the Mets. Pretty amazing. Anyway, fanboy. Anyway, so, and if you look at even his life, I mean, I look at my own son and how much Tim Tebow's become kind of like this hero to my son. And you look, even, even when he was in college, before he even went to the pros, when he was in college, as a college football player, he put in his eye black, he put John three sixteen. just put it in there. And one night in one game while playing one college football game, as John 3.16 showed up on his eyes, 94 million people Googled John 3.16. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that don't know what John 3.16 is, right? And here, here's my point. Here's Tim Tebow. And God's created him, wired him in a certain way. And by discovering how God has created him then, going and making an impact. And so obviously that's an easy one to pick on and to communicate because he's so famous in our generation. But Every single one of us have something that God has created us to do. He's created you with a purpose. You have a designer that you will actually find more fulfillment being obedient to your purpose than pursuing whatever the world applauds. And the temptation is to say, well, Jesus may reward faithfulness, but the world rewards applause. And so I'm going to go after that thing. But the reality is, is that your father wired and created you in such a way that you actually will find the most delight. You'll actually find life by discovering what that purpose is and then pursuing it. 
My son Dawson is 12, and he absolutely loves being here. And we were connecting and talking a little bit this week, and I said, Dawson, what do you love so much about Radiant Church? Because he's just having the time of his life. And unfortunately, he did not say the preaching. No shocker. He did not say, here's what he said. He said, Dad, I love doing pro presenter in Radiant Kids. Here's, here's the essence of what he was saying. My son loves technology, and he loves graphic art. He loves that whole thing. And so here's what he's saying. I actually enjoy the way that God wired me, serving and making an impact and helping out Isaiah because that's how I find fulfillment. The world will constantly tell us ways to find fulfillment that aren't the way that our designer, our creator made us. And as long as we pursue those things, we'll end up dissatisfied. But to the degree that you start to discover, know your purpose, you'll find God. You'll find God working. It's like this. This is, Paul, what's this called again? A Chemex. All right. So this is a Chemex. Um, and so we just started this uber cool coffee thing. I didn't even know really what it was until I moved here. But apparently hipsters in Kansas City are all about special coffee. And so it's another cultural thing I'm learning about. So um, I was always content with just, anyway. So <laughs> Panera. But uh, I actually like Price Chopper coffee. But anyway, so... Um, but this, chemi- this, this could be used for a ring toss. This could be used for, for orange juice. To me, this could be, I, I mean, I don't know. To me, this, this could be iced tea. I don't know. It just looks kind of, it just looks like an average picture. But to the creator, to the, to the one who designed it, I mean, when you look at the way that even Paul, which he's not the designer, but he sure cares a lot because um, God's wired him that way. And so he's, he loves to stir it a certain way and kind of, it's kind of got, it's got a unique and so for him, the Chemex, you know, the designer, he can tell you exactly how this functions best. And if I were to say, all this is good for, this is good for orange juice, it would break the heart of its creator. Because he'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not for orange juice. There's so much more. And you're like, I don't care. I mean, what? It's just, but to Paul, or really to the designer, man, there's some, there's, I mean, it's scientific how you make the coffee, Right. So my point is this, you have a maker, you have a creator, you have a God that designed you and wired you and you function best, not by looking without or even looking within, but looking to God to say, how did you make me? And as you see yourself, as he sees you, your delight and your life will expand, will grow. The joy, the delight that you have by walking in how God's wired you, how God's created you. And so number one is this, every Christ follower is a minister, period. You are, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are, you're a minister. Now, when we look at the Old Testament, God actually created where the Levites or the priests were people that would minister to God and then take what God was saying and take it to the people, all right? But then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and he is our ultimate high priest. And Jesus stands in the place as our priest, so that you and I now function as priests. This is the way that Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So Peter's communicating, all right? You now, you are the priest. And so it's not just the old covenant way. Now in the new covenant, you function as priest. You go to God. You do the work of 
ministry. Jesus actually looked at people and said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And so it's not limited to a special few. Although culture and the way that people connect, we always want to try to push it to other people, special people, so that they do the ministry and then we don't. But here's the reality. You've said yes to Jesus, you're a minister. And so even when you look at church history, there's this tendency to always kind of push it back to what we call clergy. So you do it. Guys like Martin Luther come along and protest the Protestant Reformation and say, no, it's the priesthood of all believers. And we're, it's always kind of has to kind of beat that drum. Churches tend, we tend to always kind of just make it about the talents of a few instead of the sacrifices of many. But the way that we reach a city is not by the talents of people that unload trucks or sing songs or preach sermons or work in radiant kids. It's by the sacrifice of hundreds, even thousands. It's not just the few that put it on. It's by all of us being a priest, fulfilling what God's called you to do and knowing it. George Barna says that 80%, he's a statistician for Christians, and he says 87%, according to his research, 87% of Christians don't know their purpose. Like they couldn't tell you spiritual gifts even. And our temptation is to just function like that. But here we are, week three, and the The dream of the church that I believe the Lord's put in in our hearts is that we would actually have a church that that people mine and care about and discover, man, God, what how have you wired me? What's my purpose? What what are the spiritual gifts? What are the passions? What are the ways that you've created me? Because if you'll be faithful in those callings, then we together as one body will far surpass what we could only do with just a few people functioning as priests. Every single one of us are. And so whatever you do, Whatever workplace you're at, whether you're a teacher, businessman, doctor, stay-at-home mom, whatever you are, you are, as a believer, you are a priest. And your faithfulness to your calling and learning it, discovering it, and doing it, in the long run, you will be rewarded the same as other people that are faithful, no matter what it is, no matter what it looks like. So one of my heroes is a guy named Wiley Chandler. Wiley Chandler, uh, when I was headed into the ninth grade, um, he said, David, you and your friends can do a prayer meeting in my wood shop room. He was a teacher at the junior high. So I went to a school that was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. He said, you, can do, you guys can do your prayer meeting, and I'll get to school early, Christian teacher, at the public school, and I'll open up my wood shop room early so that you guys can pray. And I thought he was awesome then because, man, he, cre- he endured Ninth graders worship and theology. (laughs) Like my friend led worship and he'd only been doing it for like three weeks. And then I would often give kind of like a little teaching or say something. I look back, it's scary to think some of the things I said. The first time I ever addressed him, I said, hey guys, and I read where uh, Paul says to Timothy, where he says, but mark this, there'll be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. People will be lovers of money. People will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Deceitful, rash, conceited, disobedient to their parents. And then I looked at everybody in the woodshop room and I said, it is for sure that it's the end times because y'all are all these things. So anyway... That was Oklahoma. Y'all, I went back to the culture. Anyway, y'all are all. Anyway, y'all, everybody. And so anyway, so he would sit and he would endure this stuff. He's incredible. So I thought that was awesome. But in 2008, I was, I was seated at a Starbucks in Colorado Springs. And I got this email. It pops up. And it's Wiley Chandler. He says, 
David, I'm about to retire this year. He says, but I wanted to let you know that for 17 years, I have opened the woodshop room every single morning for 7th, 8th, and ninth graders to pray. And you can imagine, for 17 years, public school teacher opens up, gets there early, doesn't have to get there early, gets there early, opens up his schoolroom, his classroom, his woodshop room for junior high kids to pray. And here's what's going on. I believe there is a father in heaven that looks at the way that he designed this woodshop teacher and the faithfulness of this guy is massive reward in heaven. Here's the reality. We have a culture that rewards, celebrates lots of different things, but you have a God who celebrates faithfulness and he'll celebrate you when we stand before him one day. What matters is not if you're celebrated here, but if you're celebrated there, if you're celebrated with him. So number two, every task, every role, every task is important. Every single one. And so no matter what God's called you to do, it's important. And what we tend to do is we tend to rank it. You know, we tend to look at some and think that it's a big deal, some gifts, some skills, some talents, some roles, and others is small. But only God knows what the score is, right? John the Baptist didn't know what the score was, right? Here he is. It looks like disaster for him. After all these prophetic things stated about his life, and there he is, Herod's arrested him, and he's sitting in a prison cell, and surely there's pain, like this didn't turn out the way I expected, only to, after his death, have Jesus talk about him as the greatest man ever born of a woman, and John 5.35 called him a burning and shining lamp, and you know what? We live in a time where you've got 70, 80, 90 years, and everybody is going to applaud different things. And the temptation is to try to get out and do something different based upon them instead of based upon the one who wired you, that created you. And so the secret is to go to God, not to others, not to what self. Go to God. How did you wire me? And only he knows the score. When Dawson was eight years old, we were at a football game, his football game, and I was just one of the parents on the sidelines. And I'm paying attention as all these eight-year-old boys are talking about the score of the football game that they're playing in. And there is no scoreboard. I mean, there's actually no one actually keeping score. It's that age. Yeah, welcome to America. And there's, there, we're not even keeping score. But to listen to these eight-year-old boys, they were like saying, it's 72 to seven. And then another eight-year-old boy would be like, oh yeah, it's like 54 to six. And then another kid was like, dude, we're killing the man. It's 68 to 11. They're saying all these bizarre numbers that don't even work in football. I mean, and, and they're, they're, they're just these exaggerated numbers. But here's, I'm, I'm just sitting there listening to these guys thinking that it's insanity because I know that the other team has scored seven times and we've scored once. And they're just, we're destroying them. We're beating them. We're beating. And they don't know what the score is. They don't even know. Here's the reality. I was the omniscient one in the moment, right? I knew what the score was. And I think sometimes we're like the eight-year-olds that are like, man, if you, if, if, if you have a gift like that's on stage, then it's something awesome. Or if you do that, and I want that gift, or I want what that person has. And, and only God knows what the score is. You've got a God that wants to celebrate. He wired, he created you in a certain way. And to the degree that you're faithful in the way that he created you, you'll receive reward. And God delights in you being faithful in how he's made you. 
So even as a dad, my kids, Dawson, Olivia, Adlin, and Justice, it's so much fun to be their dad. And one of my great delights is when they operate in their gift mix and not necessarily try to just copy someone else's gift because they have a good gift. So if Dawson, Dawson who loves basketball, Olivia who loves ballet, Adeline loves to sing, Justice loves soccer, but if, if they get all, and, and all mixed up in, in trying to do each other's gifts in order, to try to, in order to try to please each other, the father is going, what's wrong with you? Justice, you're not doing ballet. You're doing soccer. Dawson, you don't have to be the same. Do the thing that, the way that you're, do the thing, do your gift mix, and I take delight in them doing the thing that God's created them to do. We're like little kids sometimes where we're just like constantly trying to take on other things. And it's a lot of times because of comparison and and redefining how we think rewards work. My prayer for us as we step into being in this church is that we would discover, pray about, look at, what are my gifts? How has God wired me? A lot of times you'll discover your gifts by doing this thing, your, your, your purpose, by these things. Number one, what, what are you passionate about? I mean, what are the things that just, you just come alive? Then what are your spiritual gifts? What's your story? A lot of times your purpose, it's never like you just kind of have a moment, or at least not for me or many people I know, where you just are able to just say, the Lord suddenly spoke and now here's my purpose. Some people, most of the time you have to take a step toward your purpose. And you're just taking steps. This is, a, this is my passion. This is my spiritual gift. This is where I find myself in the story that I'm in. And you take steps towards your purpose and you'll start to discover it. I know for me, it was pretty crazy. I, I was two years ago, I was uh, invited to come speak in Detroit at a church plant. And my friend, he's the church planter and he picks me up. And he said, tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, we'll pick you up at nine o'clock. And I said, well, what time are you guys gonna arrive? And he goes, well, we're gonna get there at, at six, but you don't, you don't need to be there. We'll just, we'll just pick you up at nine. I said, no, 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 no. I, I wanna be there for the whole thing. I want, I want to be there from start to finish. Like, and he was like, David, you, it's, it's, it's January in Detroit. I'm not sure you can handle it. I was like, bro. And I was like, trust me, I can handle it. And he's like, all right. So he picks me up. It's dark. It's January. It's Detroit. And I get to this high school. And I watch as music is playing. People are, you know, eating donuts and setting up. And I am like... I can feel it. And so, I mean, like, I'm like coming alive. Like I've, I've worked at a big church my whole life. And so I'm, but I'm just like, I'm like, this is weird. Like I, I, I love this. And then afterwards he was like, well, you know, let's just, we were going to do like a quick lunch. And I sat there and I asked he and his wife questions for literally four hours. I was like, tell me everything. Like, tell me, do you get, you know, like sweaty when you're setting up all that pipe and drape? And, and are you still sweating by the time the sermon starts? And what kind of coffee do you use? And, and why? And I mean, I was just, I w- and here's what was going on. There was this, there, there was this passion. There was just this thing that, that I was in, in uh, and I, I could feel it. I could, I could sense almost like a part of the narrative of the story that God was ultimately going to use Renata and I to do. And I, I, I was like in love with this church plan of 75 people in Detroit in January, but God was at work. And sometimes you'll just sense like in your story and you just got to take a step towards that passion. Take a step towards discovering your spiritual gifts. Take a step. And if you'll take that step and you'll just move forward, it won't just drop in your lap. If 87%, 87% of evangelical Christians in America today 
aren't able to articulate a purpose. Imagine how much potential we're not operating on. But imagine if we as a church, if we step into this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be passionate about discovering what my purpose is. Man, we'll, we'll see God do amazing things. And so the third one is this, you are unique. In other words, you're not created just like everybody else is created, all right? There is a way that God has designed you. 1 Corinthians 12, this is the way that the message says it. I love the message. It says, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. That's pretty big. But each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Here it is. The variety is wonderful. So the way that you have a spiritual gift, there's something that God's gifted, wired, created inside of you, when it's different from somebody else, that's actually what makes the body of Christ beautiful. And so it makes the body of Christ beautiful in the church, and it also is something that we can use out to reach as many people as possible with the good news of the gospel, all right? And so that's the way it is. Right now, this is a new family, right? We're just kind of forming, so we're kind of just getting to know each other. And some of you are meeting people here, and you're like, I really like that person. That's really awesome. They're... And some of you are meeting people, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm scared of that person, you know? Like, and we're just kind of starting to gel. This is week three. We're starting to get to know each other. But every single one of you have a gift, a talent, a way that God has wired you that will make Radiant Church shine bright. And if you don't use it, we'll be not as bright. But if you use it, if you work, I'm going to discover it. I'm going to care. I'm not going to live mostly by the way that the world tells me to find fulfillment. No, Jesus said, man, if, if you follow after me, you'll be shocked. You'll discover life. You lose your life for me in the gospel, and you find life. So when you actually give all to Jesus, God, use what I have. Use this little bit. Use my gifts, skills, talents. And then you suddenly go, wow. I, I, I'm not everything, but I'm something. I, 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 God's going to use me. And the diversity is actually beautiful as a family. So like, for example, Renata and I, we're, we're different, all right? But it makes our family great that we're different, right? If we were the exact same, it would be challenging, right? But for Renata and I, we'll walk home, and we've been gone on a date night, and we'll walk in, we'll see one scenario, and we'll interpret it two different ways. <laughs> Marriage, right? All right? So we'll, we'll, we'll walk in, and I mean, I'll look at kids are smiling and happy and just ready to tell stories, and here's what I want to do in that moment. Yeah, high five. Tell me the story. And then she said what? And he said, well, what's up with it? Yeah, 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 right. Here's what Renato recognizes. Justice is bleeding from his face, right? I don't even notice the blood. I'm like, what's up, buddy? Did you have a good year? Right? If, if. If it were just me, Renata could say, David, without me, our children would be not alive. <laughs> and she's probably right. But then I could look back at her and I could be like, man, you don't even like fun and know them like I do. What's up? I'm party waiting to happen. Right? Here's the reality. <laughs> they need both, right? They need to stay alive and have fun. <laughs> 
That's part of what makes life great, right? Some of you guys, you walk in here and you're, you're, the, you're relational. You see someone, you got a gift of mercy. You see someone sitting alone and man, you've, you, 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 something moves in your heart and you want to go connect with someone that's seated alone and, and God's going to, some of you, you don't even see people. You're just like, man, the chairs are crooked and the preacher's screaming and I want to fix his collar and, you know, like, <laughs> and you see tasks, you see stuff, right? <laughs> Here's the deal. All that working together, all that working together makes the body makes the body beautiful. And, and our temptation is to just is to fight and to say, well, you don't love people like I love people. Well, you don't like excellence like I love excellence. Well, if you loved excellence, well, if you love people, but all that is trash. What we want is, man, there's a gift in you that cares about people. And there's a gift in you that cares about excellence for the sake of people so that everything works and all of it together. There's a reason why God made us unique, okay? And then the last one is this. You're a 10 at something, something. Like God made you to do something. And so a lot of times we feel like, well, I'm a jack of all trades. I got no gifts. Here's the reality. There is something that God has done inside of you, a way that the redeemed human being that looks like him. And so a big part of your journey is to discover what is it in me? What is the way that God has wired me so that I can look like him sacrificially serving. I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's instant because we definitely have to work on it. It takes a lot of hard work. It probably takes an education. It probably takes sacrifice. It probably takes, you know, getting up early. It, it'll cost you something. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's there. Look at the way that David said this in Psalm 139, where he says, he says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Here's David. You created me in my mother's womb. You did a great job. He's basically saying, look at this. Your works are wonderful. Here I am. And then he adds, I know it full well. What's up? Honestly, I think we need more of this. I really do. Like, I think maybe other cultures might be different, but after trying to disciple young people for 20 years, there's, there's, we, need, we need people that believe. I, I'm not trying to look like so-and-so on TV. I'm not trying to look like so-and-so on Instagram. God, you made me. What's up? Good job. He did great. He did, I know it full well. What's up? You made me well. So that you're able to then Go walk in what God called you to do. And, you're, and you're, you're made and delighted in by your maker, your creator. And everybody else is going to look at you and be like, man, you, you can't hold. I, I've seen a gallon will hold more orange juice. Uh, I mean, a barrel will hold more orange juice. And you're like, but if you're, if you're made to have special chemistry Paul Barker coffee, then who cares about the orange juice conversation, Right? Most of us, we're just like, oh yeah, well maybe I, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have a, this. Maybe I shouldn't be shaped like, <laughs> don't really want to be shaped like that. But, <laughs> right? But our temptation is to live that way. Our temptation is to allow everybody else to speak into it. But God made you a priest. One of the great 
joys of your journey in following Jesus is discovering how he wired you so that you can make a difference, so that you can put your stamp on the planet, so that you can do what God's called you to do. I'll tell you this, for Renata and I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 I told you about being in Detroit and kind of my own desire to, to plant this church. I'm having the time of my life. Like I have friends across the country that keep calling me and asking me if I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I wouldn't trade this for anything. I'm having the time of my, I mean, I, I was sitting out, we had, we, had, uh, we had 50 young people at our house on Tuesday night and, and I'm sitting out, uh, uh, we had a, uh, a fire after at my house and I'm sitting there with some of my buddies and I'm just like watching as teenagers are like, you know, like all up in my house, you know, like running around and people are literally playing games like crazy and I'm just praying to God that no child gets run over, you know, and oh Lord, it's week two, Let, I don't want a lawsuit now, you know, like I'm sitting there looking at it and I literally said to Dan, I go, this is my dream. I'm loving this. This is, I'm just, and I mean, every day I look at Renata and I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, I mean, this, I mean, I just feel this, I just feel this fulfillment. Like, I just, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm made for this. I, I'm just, this is, this, God is doing something. Now, here's the reality. In your journey, there's, God's wired you. He's created you. And we, I, I, I get, I get, and we'll have lots of sermons and messages on suffering and hardship and sacrifice. But I also believe that there's a way that God designed us where we get to have life abundantly, where we find enjoyment in the way that he created us and where he looks at his children and he just loves it. I, as a dad, when I see Olivia doing ballet, we have a hardwood floor in our house and she does ballet every day, nonstop. She flo I'm like, Olivia, what are you doing? She's like, hi, dad. <laughs> All the time. I'm not kidding. It's constant. And I, I, I look at that and I just, there's a part, it's just like, I love that. I'm like, I'm not like, Olivia, would you stop it? I'm like, ah, oh, that's so great. Ballet all the more, you know, like, you know, whatever. And you just, you, you've, you have a father that he goes, man, I've, I've wired you a certain way. Like, like I, want you to, I want you to be restored into the fullness of how I designed you. And, and we don't want to let sin and the brokenness of the planet keep us from operating in our, our redemption, the way that God originally designed us. Imagine with me, just we'll close with this. Imagine if we just were able, even just today, just to pass around a microphone and just say, just be able to articulate, like everybody in the room. I mean, it was just to start with Renata. She's like, I'm Renata. I'm a priest. I've got the spiritual gift of mercy. I care about when my boy bleeds. I have a spiritual gift of, of, of caring. I love discipling my children. I, I'm a servant at heart. And, and then just, you know, Take it down the row and hand it to Mary. You know, I'm Mary. I'm a priest. I got a spiritual gift of mentoring. I, I, love, I love taking care and nurturing young ladies and just passion. And hand out to Matt. I'm Matt. I'm a priest. I did a great job discipling my sons. I got a passion to help 20-somethings walk with Jesus. They're young men. Be men of God in a culture that tells them something else. Hand it off. I'm Jordan. I'm a priest. God's given me the gift of leadership. 
still only 22, but I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting ready because I know God's got a big calling on my life. I'm actually here because I'm just going to go do this on my own one day, and I'm just here to study and discover. But I got the gift of leadership. I'm Dana. I got a gift. I'm a priest. I love to write. I'm a gifted writer, gifted communicator. Not bragging, just the way that God made me. I got a calling. I'm a priest. This is what I'm going to do. So if we could just pass around a microphone and saw that we don't have to be this herd of people that just kind of all, but man, God's got some, there is, you are at 10, that's something. Discover it. Let's go after it. Let's be people that know it. And if we'll do that, man, we'll make a difference. Let's, let's pray together, all right? Just bow your head with me. And I think there's probably people here today that you're not living for yourself. You're wanting to make a choice to follow Jesus and You've been living for you. You've been living for your own ideas. Just today, you're like, man, I, living with Jesus is better than living on my own. I want the life that comes from Christ. I want the life that comes from emptiness and a planet that cannot bring fulfillment. And today, you just want to make a choice. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. I, 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 I want to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. I, in, in laying down my life, I'll, I'll find life. Great. Give me Jesus. If that's you, just staying at your seat, I just want you to pray this prayer. Repeat this to the Lord between you and God. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I've been living for myself. I want to live for you. I've been doing things my way. I want to do life God's way. Come be in me. I turn away from living for me. And I make a choice today. Your way is the best way. And I choose to follow you. Come be in me. Come change me. Come fill me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you're starting a journey as a Christ follower. One of my greatest passions, one of our passions as a church is to have as many people as possible come to know Jesus and enjoy the life that he brings. I wanna invite you, I wanna connect with you. I'm gonna send you an email if you, if you pray that and I wanna just start a journey of connecting with you. And so if you could put, if you prayed that prayer, we just write that down on your connection card and drop it in the offering bucket that'll be coming by in a minute. Let's all just stand together and let's just respond to the message this morning. I believe there's some of you that you would, might not want to talk about it publicly, but deep down you're thinking, I think I'm a part of the 87%. Like I just, I don't know that I, I, I've discovered what God's called me to do. I don't even know what my gifts are. I want to. Man, if you do, like we want you to. Like that's one of our great passions. So we've got a process here. We're working on it next week. We'll have a class next week and the next week. And it's just to help you discover so next week, we'll talk a little bit about our church. And two weeks from today, we'll talk. We'll actually take spiritual gift tests and personality tests. There's not anything magical in the test. I mean, it's God that reveals it to you, but it's, these are just little props to help you in the process. And we want to we help you.
But as we prepare to give our tithes and offerings this morning, let's just, let's just respond to the Lord and just say, God, we want to walk with purpose. We don't want to walk in circles. We don't want to waste our life on planet Earth that's just a mere breath. We want to fulfill the fullness of what you have for us. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you as Radiant Church that you're doing a brand new thing. We thank you, Lord God, that you are at work. And God, we love it. And God, we ask that you would help us to be a light in our city. Literally, we want to be radiant. We want to shine the brightness of Jesus to a city that needs Jesus. And God, the only way we'll do that is if we know what we're called to, how you've wired us, how you've created us. Help us to discover it, God. Help us to walk with passion, walk in our spiritual gifts, walk in the story that you have for our lives. God, we honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.